Hello and welcome back to Makes the Ball Talk Gibberish. So what are we going to talk about this week? Well, we're going to talk about quite a few topics. So it's not really going to be a hugely long episode, but, you know, we're going to touch on a few things. So we're going to talk about, you know, last time we talked about the derby, you know, quite a lot, uh, the Manchester derby. And this time we are going to talk about Man United again, because, you know, what the fuck are they? Do you know what I mean? They're up and down, like they get battered one week, then they hold out against a really decent Tottenham team to win. Uh, the next it's it, it's bizarre so we need to try and work out what the hell's happening there we also are going to talk about uh the relegation battle because that is that keeps turning every week like you know we have everton losing well they've lost every week for for a few weeks now so you know that's not a surprise but you know newcastle as well uh, could potentially get dragged back in it you know there's a lot going on there and we're going to talk about Chelsea and some off the pitch stuff and also Arsenal and the top four race so to speak um, so we're not really going to talk about middle of the table kind of stuff because really you know they're do- they're all doing fine you know from 9th to 13th Villa down to Brighton they're all going to finish within that range and, mu- and it's going to be like a much of a muchness you know like you've got Villa, Southampton, Palace, Leicester and Brighton all could interchange but you know Villa aren't going to finish in Europe and you know they're not going to be in a relegation battle. You know what I mean? So they're all pretty safe. They're all kind of fighting for nothing, really. Unless one of them put a mad run together like Arsenal are on at the moment. Arsenal, Chelsea and Liverpool have all won their last five games. So, you know, if 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 Palace were to win, you know, 10 games or then that last nine games, then yeah, they'd probably be in a shine with a shout of Europe. But it's not going to happen. So, you know, that, and, and all those teams are doing... Fine, you know, Brighton have lost five games on the bounce now, but they're not going to go down, you know what I mean? They've got 33 points, they're 11 points ahead of Watford, they'll be fine. Uh, and, and you know, Graham Potter is brilliant there. He, he they might, they might have problems next season, I think, Brighton, to be honest with you, because Graham Potter will go this summer. Um, I fancy he might go to Leicester, because I think honestly, Brandon Rogers might get moved on. Well, not get moved on, he may move on. You know, so we'll see what happens. I mean, look, it depends. It depends because obviously, you know, when managers move, it's a domino effect in it. So it depends what happens at Chelsea. If Tuchel jumps ship and thinks, you know what, I want to go somewhere else here, uh, maybe abroad, maybe maybe Man United could be hiring, you know, like they could look to Tuchel potentially, which would be very shrewd of them. So it won't happen. Um, but, you know, if he was to go, then I think Rodgers could potentially go to Chelsea. He's been there before as a coach. You know, there's some links there. He might jump, you know, at the chance to manage a really big club. And then so obviously that frees up the Leicester job, which I think Graham Potter would definitely be a massive candidate for. I think he could aim higher than that personally. But, you know, we'll see. And then obviously that will leave Brighton to potentially, you know, suffer the consequences of that, of those moves. Anyway, that's that that may be one of my predictions, but it doesn't matter. We won't talk about that because obviously it's not happened. Uh, so yeah. So what are we going to talk about? So yeah. So we'll get started with Man United. Uh, so you know they played Spurs at home. They won three um, two. You know thanks to a Ronaldo hat trick. Uh, hat tricks before tactics. You know. Uh, yeah, I don't know what happened, man. Like it was a really weird game because United were doing well, and then you know, it was it was an even game, and I think quite frankly, United did deserve to win it. Um, but I think 
it's not because of purely because of Ronaldo. I mean, Ronaldo was clearly the best player on the pitch um, for the goals. I don't know. Like, I still think that Ronaldo signing for United was a mistake on United's part. I think that he does not contribute enough when it's not going well from in front of goal. You know, he didn't score for eight games in a row. And yes, he gets a hat-trick and so they win 3-2. Obviously, it looks fantastic. But, you know, you will never know the answer to, well, what if he wasn't on the pitch, you know? You know, what if, what if they'd signed Declan Rice instead of him? Then obviously they'd be a lot better, wouldn't they? Potentially. But, you know, we'll never really know. But my opinion is that Ronaldo slows the game down. He doesn't press well. And obviously, if you're going to hire someone like Ranić, who is the father of Gengen Press or whatever you want to call him, I mean, obviously, you know, when when Louis van Gaal came into Man United, he had a very similar reputation. Oh, yeah, he's brilliant. He's brilliant. And he was well past it. You know, he was, you know, he was brilliant fucking 16 years ago. So, you know, Obviously, but if you're going to bring someone in who is renowned for that sort of style, you know, he's not, he's potentially not going to get the best out of Ronaldo or Ronaldo's not going to uh, flourish under him. You know, I'm not saying that Ronaldo isn't a, a, a good player. Of course he is. It's just, you know, does he suit that game anymore? You know, he, I mean, in the end of the day, anyone would would not have the legs to, to press all game when you're 37. Like, you know, in the pre- in in high level football, it's it's impo- an impossible task. I mean, Ronaldo is still one of the fittest guys out there, but he can't do it as much as he used to be able to do it. That 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 kind of that kind of side of the game. So you know, yes, he scored the hat trick, and it was and there were three good goals. You know, I mean, like, you know, the header. Obviously, he's a, he's a phenomenal header of the ball. Um, you know, he's he's just the the go- the first goal. Reminded me of when he scored against Porto in two thousand and nine. It was a brilliant goal. Obviously, he just you know hit it from pinged it from the edge of the box just into the top corner. Really good goal. Um, yeah, like, I, don't, I don't know. Like it's just, I think that when Ronaldo puts in a performance like that, everyone sort of forgets the problems that he's brought. And so you know, and it, look, if he did that every week, then you know, no fan would have a problem with it, <laughs> unless you looked a little bit deeper. But, you know, the thing is, I think that it is, it wasn't the right move. And, you know, United could still get top four. Of course they could. And I, ju- I just think that if they do, then Ronaldo will stay. And so these problems could be perpetuated into next season. You know, if Ronaldo was to leave in the summer, when they if, they, if and when they finish fourth or when they finish fifth, he'll definitely leave. But if they finish fourth... Um, he could still turn around and go, you know what, this isn't going to work. I mean, because the fear I have, you know, and I'm not a United fan anymore, we all know this, but what, the fear I do have for Man United and their fans is that if Ronaldo, if they finish top four and Ronaldo stays, he'll have a big say in who the next manager is, which I don't think is correct. Like, I don't think that should happen. So that's my opinion. Um, obviously, I just think that Ronaldo has a lot of power um, and so, and so it will. It might be quite a difficult transition into the next manager with him there. You know, they they might get a lot of resistance to someone who they might want to hire, such as Pochettino, such as uh, Ten Hag, because they play similar to how Ranić wants to play. You know, it's a lot of pressing. It's very systematic. It's very, you know, and and so Ronaldo has loved to work with Ferguson and Ancelotti. 
those are his two guys who he's really liked to work under, you know? And Ancelotti, oh no, Zidane, sorry, not Ancelotti, I apologise, Zidane, you know? Because uh, he obviously won three European Cups under Zidane. So, you know, when you look at that, when you look at what Zidane did at Real Madrid, it was obviously very impressive, but he only won one league title in that time and he won like four European Cups or something. And and they won three on three on the bounce. And it's like, well, why is that? And, you know, I think that Zidane's managerial style was more uh, suited to knock out competition because he was like a clap your hands sort of manager. Do you know what I mean? Like he, he, very little on the tactical side, but he was more like he got them going, you know, he motivated them and was just like, look, you're amazing. Just do it, go out and do it. And like, you know, like in American football, uh, you know, that the coaching, I mean, because let's face it, these guys are good players. They don't need to be taught how to play football. You know, you're not reinventing the wheel here. You've got Ronaldo, Modric, Cruz, uh, Sergio Ramos. Go and fucking do it. Do you know what I mean? Like, so there is that to an extent, but if you want to reach another level, then there's potentially more on top of that. But Zidane did very well to get the max out of that group uh, for that time. But to be fair, you could argue that the maximum of that group would have been for them to win three European Cup doubles in that time. But they didn't. They you know, And obviously it's still an unbelievable achievement, but you kind of ask yourself, well, if they were the best team in the world by a country mile, why weren't they winning the league? So anyway, you know, and so obviously it begs the question, well, does Ronaldo like that sort of management? You know, does he prefer someone who says to him, listen, you're great, just go and do it, do whatever you want kind of stuff? Or does he, you know, or, you know, is he going to, and so therefore is he going to resent a manager who says to him, listen, I want you to do X, Y, Z and, you know, do it how I want you to do it. You know, and that, and that, that's that's the kind of problems we're seeing at PSG now. You know, Renard, you've got Messi, Neymar, and Mbappe. They don't want to be managed necessarily. They don't want Pochettino, who's won nothing, but he's a fucking fantastic manager. But you know, obviously, people like to turn around and go, "Well, he's not won anything." Well, yeah, but it's a little bit more complicated than that, isn't it? Let's be honest. Anyway, you know, you've you've got those three fellas in particular who will go, well, you know, I'm messy, I'm Neymar, like, I don't need to fucking listen to you, you know what I mean? And so then you see this kind of thing where Pochettino's trying to get a tune out of him and try and implement some sort of tactical system, and every time you watch PSG, it's an absolute fucking shambles, especially in Europe. I mean, don't get me wrong, they literally batter the French League because if they didn't, like, when you have a certain level of spend, you expect a certain level of output, especially in the league, you know, points... Points gained is directly linked to money spent in the league. And that's what we see across all of Europe. City have spent the most money, so they get the most points. Same with, like, you know, that's just the way it is. Like And, and well, obviously I'm being a little bit disingenuous there because United have spent probably the second most or even the most money, but they still can't get it right. But generally speaking, you'll see an upward trend of, you know, for a, cert for a certain level of investment, you would expect a certain points return. So United, for their level of investment, they definitely should be finishing fourth, for example. For City, it's the same. You know, they spend one of the most money, one of the most, one of the highest amounts. So therefore they will get one of the highest amounts of points. It's directly linked. So PSG, they go and get 100 points or 90 points every year because they spend the most money in the French League. You know, so therefore they get the most points. Yeah, simple, right. You with me? Great. So... If, you, if you've got PSG spending all this money, 
you know, they batter the league, but it's not necessarily the same in the Champions League. And that's what we see, because that is where, well, I mean, that's where what we've just discussed with Zidane, the motivational side of it came in. You know, that's why they won the Champions League, but not the league. Whereas Pochettino, I think there's a little bit more of a problem there with PSG. Like, you know, they don't like to listen to tactics. And so that's why they keep getting knocked out, because they don't really, there's no cohesion there or anything. Like, it's just, I don't know. Anyway, that, that game against PSG, like Real Madrid PSG was hilarious. Like, it was so... It was mental. It was just like... That's what you want from the Champions League, isn't it? You know? But anyway, uh, so yeah, we've gone on a massive uh, tangent there. But, you know, going back to Man United, I think that, you know, it was obviously a big win for them in the in the race for the top four, you know, or to try and finish fourth. Um, you know, it's just a, it's just a, a prize that you're never going to win, isn't it? Like, in the sense that oh yeah, we finished fourth, great. Let's try and get through the groups, then get knocked out next season in the Champions League. I mean, you know, do these teams who are fighting for fourth really expect to win it? I mean, yeah, I know it's a whole process and like, yeah, so when you get into the Champions League, you can attract a higher quality player. Is that true anymore though? Because, you know, I mean, if City didn't qualify for the Champions League next season, they'd just go, well, do you want to pay Haaland a million a week? Yeah, okay. Like, that's the kind of thing that happens now. So, actually, it doesn't really matter, does it? I mean, United, when they didn't get in the Champions League, when they finished sixth under Solskjaer, they went and signed, you know, they went and spent 80 million quid on Harry Maguire. So, you know, what well, <laughs> I mean, like, you know, it's so obviously the Champions League money wasn't that important then, was it? So, you know, that's what it used to be about. Oh yeah, let's qualify. If we qualify for the Champions League, we'll have a level of investment, which means we can attract a higher quality player. But now it's actually that actually isn't the case anymore. So what is the point of qualifying for the Champions League? So you know, is it is it a springboard to then go and try and win the league and try and finish in the top four every year, or is it more just finish as high as you can? Like, you know, I don't know. Anyway, it's it's. Because, like, as I say, when United, if United finish fifth, they'll still be, they'll have more money to spend still than Arsenal. They'll still be able to spend more money because they're just a richer club. They bring in more money, so you know, through through the fan base, you know, being incredibly large and all all the sponsorships, you know, I just think that it's uh, anyway, it's it's one of them. Like, but United, like, I don't know. I've always said that they're going to finish fourth, uh, but it's Arsenal's to lose. We did say that last weekend. It is Arsenal's to lose, just because Arsenal are playing incredibly well at the moment. They uh, they got another good good win against um, Leicester, which we will talk about in a minute. But we'll talk about Spurs. Uh, you know, obviously Spurs lost the game, which was difficult for them to take. I would think. You know, now all of a sudden because they they were in a good position going into this game, and if they'd have won it. Then of course they'd be on forty-eight points, and United would be on forty-seven. So they'd be ahead of United, and they'd be ahead of Wolves, and they'd only be a point behind West Ham with two games in hand. So you know they're still in a fairly good position because they do have two games in hand on both West Ham and Man United. But Arsenal have a game in hand on them, so you know it's going to be difficult for Spurs now to catch Arsenal. I would say, you know, they've played a game more, and they're six points behind them. That was a huge game for them. If they'd have beaten Man United, it puts them right in the hunt. 
I think now that they are a little bit too far behind Arsenal. Myself, you know, obviously, you know, technically, if they were to win their two games in hand, then they're closer to Arsenal than Man United are. But I just think that they won't win those games. Spurs have been very streaky under Conte. Like he can't seem to get any consistency out of them. I mean, you know, they battered Everton five 0 and by the way, hilarious. Um, but then they were obviously Everton are much much worse than Man United. But you know the the type of the, the, the football they were playing. Like I don't know. It was it was a close game for Spurs. You know, it was a difficult one to take. But I do think that on on a whole, you know, United did deserve to win the game. Um, I mean, Sancho played very well. Sancho was really good. And Pogba, now that he's playing more of a role, I think United will be better going forward. Um, you know, they've got some tough games coming up, of course. You know, they've got to play Liverpool still. But if Pogba plays every week and Sancho's fit and Rashford maybe starts to find a bit of form, and if Ronaldo stays fit and Cavani stays fit, so he's another option, I personally think United can probably win six or seven of their remaining nine games. And so, you know, and if they were to win eight and lose to Liverpool, then is that enough to get in the Champions League? Maybe. I think it probably would be. Because Arsenal still have to play Liverpool tomorrow, uh, Wednesday night, which we we know is going to be a very difficult game for Arsenal. I mean, it would have been difficult anyway, but with City losing last night... That's come at the worst time for Man City. Drop well, they didn't lose. Sorry, they drew, but they dropped points. So, yeah, well, we'll talk about this quickly, right? Because you know, Spurs. I think they're out of the top four race, personally. You know, so we can move on. We'll move on to City and Liverpool quickly. So, title race is well and truly on, folks. Just so you know, just in case you had any doubt, it is well and truly on now. I mean, it doesn't necessarily change anything, though. I would say personally, it doesn't change anything. Uh, technically, you know, because if City, because Liverpool, you know, if they'd have beaten City, then they would have probably gone on to win the league anyway. You know, if they win every game, they win the league anyway, if City had won this game against Palace. But now that they've drawn, it definitely means that if Liverpool win every game, then they then they win the league. So really, it hasn't changed much for City. As long as City avoid defeat against Liverpool and win every other game, they win the league. Still. So that and that will have been their main. That will have been their focus anyway. That will have been their objective anyway. I don't think they're playing as well as Liverpool. They're not clearly. I mean, you know, Liverpool have won however many games on the bounce, and in the and in the last five games alone, City have lost one and drawn one. So, you know, they're not they're not playing as well as Liverpool. But you know, so and as I say, this this draw has come at the worst time for City. And it's come at the best time for Liverpool because Liverpool will go into Arsenal. Or they're going to Arsenal tomorrow. Tricky away game against a team who are well up for it, well in form. And they could have drawn, you know. And 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 if City had beaten Palace, then you're thinking, right? Well, everything's the same. But now because they've dropped points, Liverpool are going to have that extra bit of motivation, that extra yard in them. And you know, it's come at the worst time for Arsenal because Arsenal are probably going to get. I wouldn't. I don't, I'm not going to say that Arsenal get battered, but they will lose this game. Liverpool will win the game at, at, at the Emirates because the door is open, well and truly, and they need to take advantage of it. And I, I trust Liverpool to do that. Quite frankly, I think that you'd be a fool to bet against them for this game on Wednesday. And to be honest with you, against them in the title race, um, you know, 
if Liverpool if Liverpool win every game up to the City game they will win the league that is 100% and you know what, who have they actually got to play before they go and play City uh, no, not many people you know they're not playing for the rest of this month no they're, so they're playing Arsenal then they've got two weeks off I mean they're, they're probably playing in the FA Cup or something but then they've got Watford at home and then they've got Arsenal and then they've got um, then they've got City they've literally got Arsenal and, and Watford in the league and City have to play Burnley away and that's it, actually, pretty much. they got to just play Burnley away. So everyone, it looks as though everyone's off for the FA Cup. Um, so, yeah. So really, as long as... So actually, it's not that far away at all, these games, this pivotal game in the title race. So if Liverpool and Arsenal... If Liverpool beat Arsenal and then they go and beat Watford, which they will, and if City, you know, beat Burnley away, which they probably should do on paper then that game will be huge. I thought the game was actually a lot further away, but, you know, so I retract my statement, if Liverpool win every game up to the City game, they'll win the league. You know, it's now f- come down to that game, like we like we thought it might, you know. That game, whoever wins it, will win the league. Because, you know, who else have you got to play after that City game? After after that, after Liverpool City? you got to play... So City have got to... So Liverpool got to play Villa away, you know, they got to play... Everton have got to play... OK, Liverpool got to play Everton. And, you know, City have a, have a better run-in than Liverpool. But I think if Everton... I mean, Everton is so bad. You know, we said that, yeah, if Everton look as though they're going to go down, then they'll be well up for it because it's a derby. They don't want Liverpool to relegate them. I just think that they're too bad to, to even get up for it. Do you know what I mean? Like, and, yeah, I think I think... I think Everton are in trouble, but uh, we'll see. This is gonna be this is gonna be fascinating. Like we could actually get a title race like we did in seventeen eighteen, where it went down to the last white, uh, last kick of the season. Or was it nineteen? Or was it nineteen twenty? Or eighteen nineteen? Sorry. Yeah. Either way, whatever it was, you know, City won it on the last. You know, in the last game they won like they beat Brighton like four one or five one or something, didn't they? And you know, it was. It was it was very close. That Vincent Company goal against Leicester pretty much sealed it for them, you know. So yeah, it's it's gonna be too close to call, I would think. Like Liverpool are obviously in better form and they're going much better, they're playing much better. Um, but you know, City they know how to they, they can win gritty as well, I suppose, you know. But the thing that really, really is the most ridiculous thing that City did is sign or not sign Harry Kane, or, or a striker. I mean, if you want Grealish, then go for him, because he's phenomenal, he's great. He hasn't contributed much in terms of stats, but he's been brilliant for them, I would argue, when he's been able to play. But he's been injured quite a bit. So, you know, if you're going to spend 100 million quid on Grealish, go and spend another 10 million quid on just some fucking striker who you can literally stand up there. I mean, what has happened to Jesus, may I ask as well? Where the fuck has been... Where the fuck is he? You know... He would, he, like, they were crying out for him against Palace, or just a striker. You know what I mean? Like, they literally had so many shots, so many chances, and they just didn't, you know, they, they fucking, they fucked it up. You know, Jesus was on the bench, 
He didn't even come on. Like, he didn't make any subs. And that, I'm sorry, is fucking stubbornness. That is just proper, like, yeah, I'm Pep Guardiola. I'm the shit. This team's going to do it. And it wasn't working, clearly. You know, they had so many shots and they weren't fucking scoring. So why not just put on Gabriel Jesus? You know, you're dominating the game. You don't need the shape. You don't need set, you know, six midfielders. You know, you're already dominating the game. You're overrunning Palace, but you're not finishing the chances. Fucking take Rodri off or Foden or Grealish. You know, take one of them off and put on Jesus so you can at least fucking cross the ball and someone will be there. It was it was bizarre. It was baffling. And, you know, as I say, it smacks of arrogance to fucking not make a single substitution. Anyway... So that, that could be their downfall because we all know that Guardiola gets it wrong in big finals. You know, he got it wrong in the Champions League final. He's got it wrong in a lot of semi-finals, especially against Spurs, against um, Monaco a few years ago. Like, it was... It's baffling. Some of the decisions he makes are baffling when it really matters. So... And I hope he doesn't fucking do something stupid at Anfield, honest to Christ, because if he does, they... Well, not Anfield, sorry. The Etihad against Liverpool... Because if he does, they'll fucking lose. And, you know, no one will blame him. Though. Ooh, ooh, Pep, ooh, lucky. Like, that's what it'll be. But anyway, whatever. Like, you know, we'll see. It'll be interesting for sure. I don't want either of them to win it. Can that happen? Who knows? Probably not. So, <laughs> maybe Chelsea will go, oh, no, we don't want them to win. Fuck me. Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, maybe they'll just cancel it. You know, fucking hell. Mm. Anyway, let's move on. So, yeah, that was, uh, that's the title race pretty much covered um you know it's gonna be close i'm not gonna put i'm not gonna stick my neck out and uh, call it either way quite frankly um but yeah let's look at fucking relegation man like honestly this is changing every single time there's a game like i think newcastle are still in it but unfortunately they have pulled away massively they're nine points clear of watford it's too many points isn't it for them to be caught like i mean you know they're playing a lot better than most other teams down there um I mean, Brentford are probably okay. I mean, we said a few weeks ago that 33 points probably would be enough, I think, to stay up. Because when you look at Watford, are they really going to get 11 points? You know, are Everton going to get 11 points? Are Burnley going to get 12 or 13 points? Sorry. You know, they're not. Norwich aren't going to get 17 points from now. You know, they've, they've, they, they took 29 games to get 17 points. They're not going to do it in 11. They're not going to double it, are they? So they're probably gone. But unless one, unless a couple of teams go on like a really good run, 33 or 34 is probably... 33, I would say, to be honest with you, is probably going to keep you safe. And so, you know, you're looking at teams like Everton. You know, they've got, they got 12 games left to play. If they draw every game from now to the end of the season, they'll be fine. <laughs> but they're not going to. So, you know, what... I mean, yeah, it's 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 going to be difficult for Everton. It would be funny if it was just a straight shootout between like Everton and Watford. But I don't think it's going to happen because I think Burnley are still going to be in it. Leeds are in it. Brentford are in it. And I think Newcastle, as I say, they've pulled away a little bit. So you look at Everton's fixtures. Well, you look at all their fixtures, like, who have they got? So, you know, you look at Everton. They've got Newcastle at home on Thursday night. 
that is a huge game because if Newcastle lose that, if Everton win and Newcastle, you know, if they beat Newcastle, then that means that Newcastle are still well in it, uh, and that means that Everton have pulled a little bit clear of Watford in particular. And then you know, so you're looking at these fixtures and Everton, they've got some fucking tough games coming up still though, like honestly. So they got you know Newcastle, which is a, a, the easiest game, you know, which which you know is a huge game. And then they've got fucking hell, this is awful. They've got West Ham away. They've got Man United at home. I think they're playing all the top four candidates. Like honestly, it's ridiculous. Then they're playing Fuck me. Then they're playing Liverpool away. Jesus Christ. Then they've got have they got Chelsea? Chelsea at home. My god, April is tough for them. Christ. Oh, and they've got they must have another game somewhere, surely. No, that's it. Christ, that is a terrible month. Then they've got... Then they've got Chelsea again at home. What the fuck? Oh my God, they've got to play Chelsea twice in a week in the league. That is outrageous. Oh my God, that is ridiculous. That is disgusting for Everton. Then they've got Leicester away. Then they've got Brentford at home. The week, the penultimate week. So that is a huge fucking game. And then to end it, they've got Arsenal away. My God, <laughs> I mean, wow! I think Everton are, are fucked. Like they are with that fit, with that running. Christ, I, I'd be surprised if they got like two wins from those games. Honestly, the way they're playing, they they could end up with less than thirty points for sure. And so then you're looking. Well, hold on. How can, can Watford get more than thirty? Probably. Can Burnley get more than thirty? Probably. Leeds are only like a win and a draw away from that now and Brentford are on 30 points so fucking hell Everton Jesus they could be right in it and what a mistake hiring Lampard I mean my god you know he's come in and done fuck all you know they won one game under him and now, and then and they've been on a terrible run now they've lost four on the bounce and they're, but they're not scoring and they look as though they're going to concede every time someone goes forward they're not playing with any sort of solidity or confidence. Like Lampard's come in and gone, let's just fucking try and attack these teams and stuff, and it's just not worked, like, at all. Like, I mean, the, the signings he's made, like, Van der Beek, decent player, but he's he's not going to score you any goal, <laughs> you know, he's not going to tackle. He's a guy who, like, you know, gets it to feet and knits it, you know, he's like, he plays little sideways passes and little, like, he's a clever player. But he needs clever players around him in order to operate to to his highest level. You know, if he's laying it off to fucking Decore or, you know, bloody Seamus Coleman, then he's, you know, he's not getting it. He's not getting much back. And then you've obviously got Deli Alley, who was probably the... I mean, look, we've talked about Deli Alley on this, on this chat before. He's not a bad player. Let's just put that out there. He's not a bad player. Like, fellas don't forget how to fucking move and how to fucking make runs. Deli Alley has that innate ability to make those runs. They are, he's quite intelligent when it comes to that. The reason he was good at Spurs was because Pochettino recognised that in him and kind of built a team around that so that, you know, because it was full of movement and it was like, you know, it was very flowing and it was, and they pressed as a system. They pressed as a team, so Deli Alley knew his role, and it gave him the uh, the space to make those runs, to make those like incisive runs, and you know he could trust that somebody like Son or Kane or 
you know, who do they have in the team at the time? Uh, Sissoko. Ericsson was the biggest one. Ericsson would find him with those passes. There's no one in the in the Everton team, maybe apart from Van der Beek, I don't know, but there's no one in that Everton team currently who's going to be able to pick it, pick out those runs that he makes. You know, and also it's not built around that this Everton team. You know, they're they're going to go fucking down. They need they're they're built around you know, trying to keep the ball for as long as possible and you know, not taking too many risks and stuff, you know. But Lampard has tried to take risks and oh, they've really not paid off. Like, I mean, if you're going to go and sign anyone, sign a fucking defender, you know, you've got a championship defence in that team. You know, Seamus Coleman broke his fucking leg three years ago and hasn't been the same, and plus he's the wrong side of 30. You've got Mason Holgate, who's never really been any good. You've got Michael Keane, who's not, you know, who, who's had his day in the sun. And you and you've got the fucking left back, who they sat, who they sold to Aston Villa, and he was their best player, because the manager at the time didn't like him, and then they fucking sacked him four days later. What a fucking mess! Like honestly, Christ, they're down, Norwich are down, and I think it's probably gonna be, it's probably gonna be Burnley. No, no, it's Watford. I think it's Watford actually. No, I'm gonna change that. I think Burnley are gonna get out of it. It's gonna be Norwich, Watford, Everton, and then pff, fuck me. That'll be a terrible, terrible day when Everton go down, or if they go down, but they probably will. Um, I think it'll be hilarious, personally. Well, I say hilarious. I mean, unfortunately, it will be sad because, you know, it, would, it wouldn't it would be hilarious, let me rephrase. It would be shocking to see such a big club, such a historic institution as Everton, get relegated. So it would be very disappointing. And... You know, but it would be like, Jesus Christ, what the fuck has happened sort of stuff. You know, it would be that on that kind of level. Um, anyway, yeah. So, yeah. I just I just feel sorry for some Everton fans. Like, honestly, like, I mean, they must be going through it. Anyway, right, let's not talk about them so anymore. It is going to be... I don't know, let's end on, let's end on Chelsea. Because uh, we did say we would talk about Chelsea for a bit. So, you know... Um, yeah, uh, so they've they they obviously won uh, their their game, last minute winner against um, against Newcastle on the Sunday. Did they play midweek? Yeah, they did. They they beat Norwich as well. So they've had a couple of easy easy games or easier games uh, against Newcastle. They they obviously needed a last minute winner, but yeah. So yeah, they've won five on the bounce. You know, well done to them. But you know what we obviously want to talk about is the uh, the sanctions that have been put on, and uh, you know obviously. Look, we all know that Chelsea's fans, or some Chelsea fans' behaviour around this has been appalling. You know, we talked about the chanting of Roman Abramovich's name last week, and we found that incredibly jarring here. And so did the nation. It was really very, very low and very poor. Um, obviously, they've doubled down on this, uh, you know, because... There's a lot of there's a lot of fans still saying that you know Roman Abramovich is great and he's a great owner and that you know it's uh, and it's not Chelsea fans' fault and it's not fair. Well, you know, unfortunately, that's just look. It's it's not it's not right to be talking about Roman Abramovich as though he's fucking brilliant. Like, unfortunately, he has a big part to play in what's going on 
in the world right now. He does. You know, he's a huge supporter of Putin. And, you know, what what is happening is wrong. We all know that. And we have to try and separate these things because this is, as we know, how sports washing works, you know? If you praise Chelsea, or sorry, if you praise Roman Abramovich for his work at Chelsea or for the investment he's made at Chelsea and ignore all of the things that are going, you know, that, that he's contributed to in the world that are, that are terrible, then that is exactly what they want you to do. That is exactly how they legitimise their actions and get away with it. And we're seeing it with a lot of clubs, unfortunately. I mean, there's now, now that he's selling the club, there's actually a bid from uh, Saudi Arabia, which obviously we, you know, we've already, you know, got Saudi owners owners in, in uh, Newcastle, uh, and this would be another step in the wrong direction. You know, I implore Chelsea fans, if you're listening, to just look into it a little bit. Like fucking hell, do some fucking reading, because not everything's about football. It's much bigger than that, in fact. So we need, and you know, you. Need, it just makes me sad. That, you know, unfortunately, honest, hardworking fans are having to choose between, you know, supporting their club, you know, not supporting their club, or supporting their club and implicitly, you know, turning a blind eye to these atrocities. And it's not right. We should be having some sort of ownership test that should at least include human rights records. Surely. You know, there's talk of them doing that. But quite frankly, the horse has fucking bolted. It's gone. You can't just say, yeah, well, we'll do it. And, but oh, by the way, though, the current owners are completely atrocious. You know, they wouldn't have passed that test. Anyway. So, yeah. So, Chelsea fans... I don't know. Fucking read something, you know what I mean? Anyway. Yeah, I haven't really got the energy to go into it massively. Just, uh, we talked about it last week. You know, it's not it's not right what's happening. And, you know, we know that. And, yeah, it's just, we need to ask these questions. And football, quite frankly, needs to fucking answer them better. That's what happens. Anyway. Yeah. So, Chelsea will finish third. But they can't actually get their fans to any of the games. They can't even travel to fucking Lille. So, what's going to happen then? You know? They don't need that. They're given. They're, be, they're being given like twenty thousand pounds for an away game. So they've got to get everyone to Lille and back. And then what happens when they get through and they have to go fucking to? I mean, Lille is very close to London, <laughs> relatively speaking. I mean, what happens when they get Real Madrid? You know. So, yeah, we'll see. Anyway, it's it's yeah, it's it's disappointing. Last few weeks have been uh, pretty disappointing from Chelsea. Uh, Tuchel, you know, he's been answering the questions. You know, he's uh, he's done okay, but you know, I think you need to be prepared to face those questions if you're going to be the face of sports washing exercise. Right, Eddie Howe. Anyway, talk to you soon. Take it easy.